Thank you, Jesus. One, two, three. Unto thee, O Lord, do I lift up my soul. O my God, I trust in thee. Let me not be ashamed. Let not my enemies triumph over me. Yes, let none that wait on thee be ashamed. Let them be ashamed which transgress without cause. Show me your ways, O Lord. Teach me your paths. Lead me in your truth and teach me. For you are the God of my salvation. On thee do I wait all the day. Remember, O Lord, your tender mercies and your loving kindnesses. For they have been ever of old. Remember not the sins of my youth, nor my transgressions. According to your mercy, remember you, me, for your goodness sake, O Lord. Good and upright is the Lord. Therefore will he teach sinners in the way. The meek will he guide in judgment, and the meek will he teach his way. All the paths of the Lord are mercy and truth, unto such as keep his covenant and his testimonies. For your name's sake, O Lord, pardon my iniquity, for it is great. What man is he that fears the Lord? Him shall he teach in the way that he shall choose. His soul shall dwell at ease, and his seed shall inherit the earth. The secret of the Lord is with them that fear him, and he will show them his covenant. My eyes are ever toward the Lord, for he shall pluck my feet out of the net. Turn you unto me, and have mercy upon me, for I am desolate and afflicted. The troubles of my heart are enlarged. Oh, bring thou me out of my distresses. Look upon my affliction and my pain, and forgive all my sins. Consider my enemies, for they are many, and they hate me, with cruel hatred. Oh, keep my soul and deliver me. Let me not be ashamed, for I put my trust in thee. Let integrity and uprightness preserve me, for I wait on thee. Redeem Israel, O oh God, out of all his troubles. Give the Lord a big hand of praise. You may be seated. Amen. Hallelujah. The Lord gave me this psalm this morning. So it's so powerful. It speaks to our hearts. So if you could also go through it when you go home. The sermon today is walking in dominion. Walking in dominion. Amen. When we talk about dominion, we're talking about the Lord's victory manifesting 100% in your life. It is the will of God to manifest his victory in our lives 100%. And the reason why he cannot or could not in the past is because there were iniquities. There were iniquities. And as a result of that, the devil would use that to hinder what the Lord wants to do in our lives. And that's why it is so important that we understand and lay hold of holiness. Holiness. It is written in the word of God, be you holy as I am holy. 
So holiness is the will of God for us. And holiness is the desire of God for us. And is holiness attainable? Absolutely. Because if it's not attainable, the Lord would not have said, be ye holy as I am holy. Isn't that right? Amen. Can I ask you to look at Psalm 110 verse 2? This is such a powerful and important scripture. Psalm 110 verse 2. I know that there are some of you that you have come with problems. You have come uh, with confusions. You have come with afflictions. You know, this is the answer for you. This is the answer for you. Psalm 110 verse 2. And I want you to highlight the second part of that scripture. Rue thou in the midst of your enemies. You rue in the midst of your enemies. That's called dominion. You rue in the midst of your enemies. It's very easy to sing in church. It's very easy to lift up our hands and sing victory and all that. And we need to do that in order that we prepare the atmosphere for the word of God to go forth. In our lives. When the enemies are surrounding us. And sometimes you don't even know that it's the enemy surrounding you. It's so important that we rue in the midst of our enemies. And understand that the word of God is rhema. When the Holy Spirit breathes upon the word, the word will make you to become the person that God wants you to be. So when he said, be you holy as I'm holy. So when you read that scripture, that scripture makes you holy. And that scripture puts in you the desire and the power to be holy as the Lord. So the same with this scripture. Rue thou in the midst of your enemies. It's not an admonition. It's more than just an instruction. And definitely, definitely it's not a chastisement. It's the word of God that's injected into your spirit. That enables you. To rule in the midst of your enemies. We're here talking about Christians that are under attack. We're not talking to the Gentiles. The Bible is primarily written for the Christians. We have to understand that. So we're talking about Christians that are under attack. We can only rule how? How can we rule in the midst of our enemies? How can we rule our enemies? We cannot rule, not even over our soul and our flesh, not to mention the enemies, if we are not in the spirit. The reason that we can rule over our enemies is because the Holy Spirit is in us. Amen. We can only rule with the Holy Spirit in our spirit. That's why Jesus said, do not leave Jerusalem until you be endued with power from on high. I have had encounters with the devil many times. And I can tell you absolutely without a doubt that demons are very real. They're more real than this flesh and blood that you can feel. Devils are very real and they are very ferocious. They are very wicked and they are very violent. And if you allow them, they will crush you. They will destroy you. Not only you, but also your children, your family and your heritage. And you don't even know because you can be so, so deceived. Devils are very, very real. And the devil's tactic is to get us into the soul. Because he knows that if you're into your soul, you can defeat him. The only way that you can defeat demons is in your spirit. Only your spirit with the Holy Ghost on the inside can defeat demons. That's why so many well Meaning Christians, God-serving Christians die of cancer, die of sickness and disease, die of accidents. Because your soul can never even discover the tactics 
the traps and the snares, not to even mention the weapons of the devil. That's why Jesus made it very, very clear to us. Do not leave Jerusalem until you be endued with power from on high. It's not even an option. That's why in the book of Galatians, the apostle Paul, a well-seasoned apostle, a well-seasoned apostle, what did he say? Walk in the spirit and you will not fulfill the lusts of the flesh. Attacks come progressively. Attacks come progressively. Why? Because they are planned. Devils come to attack us progressively. Why? Because they study us. They study to know our weaknesses. They study to know our points of conflict. They study where we are weak. They study where we conflict with one another. They study where we find it hard to obey the word. And they will put traps and snares to stumble, to entice, and to trap us. That's why it's so important for us as Christians. We are Pentecostal Christians. How many Pentecostal Christians do we have here? Lift up your hands. We are Pentecostal Christians. Amen. The Holy Spirit is very, very precious. Very, very precious. And don't ever live, don't ever think, don't ever feel, don't ever decide without the Holy Ghost. Catherine Kuhlman, a very famous saying of Catherine Kuhlman, he said, I have died a million times. That's how the Holy Spirit works. He will not puff you up. He will cause you again and again and again to humble yourself, to die to self, to humble yourself. The devil's tactic is to get us into the soul, to separate us from the Holy Spirit who lives in our spirit. Why? Because that's the only way that he can win. I don't know how many of you know people that are suffering from mental sickness. How many of you have friends or members in your family or in your community that are suffering from mental sickness, depression, suicide? You know the song that we sang, The Blood? The song that we sang, that there's a fountain of blood. The writer of that song, of that hymn, William Cowper, he suffered from mental sickness for a long time before he got saved. He suffered from depression for a long time before he got saved. He was constantly suicidal. Demons are very, very real. And that's why Jesus said we need the Holy Spirit. Don't take the Holy Spirit for granted. We must stay spiritual. And in that way, we are alert, we are clear-headed and kingdom-minded. The Holy Spirit has been given to us on the inside, not only to protect and to preserve us from evil, that's very important, but also for us to rule over demons and to defeat them. Can we say amen? Now go to John chapter 16 verse 13 with me. John chapter 16 verse 13. How be it when he... Who is this he? The spirit of truth. Remember, the Holy Spirit is the spirit of truth. Come on, answer me. The Holy Spirit is the spirit of truth. The word truth can be translated as reality. Reality is deeper than what your eyes can see. Deeper than what your five senses can tell you. Your five senses can tell you I've eaten something bad. That's why I'm having a stomach ache. No, no. When you go deeper, when you go further, the word of God will tell you because there are devils that are harassing you. Your senses tell you I'm tired. That's why I can't think straight. 
But the Spirit of God will tell you, no, it's because you are spiritually dull. That's why you're not receiving the information. You're not receiving the prayers and the thoughts of God. The word truth is very important. It's the reality that we're living in. It's the reality that we're living in. You know, a lot of times we're not alert. We just live, you know, we just live, eat, and, you know, go to shops and go work, go home and watch some TV and then go to sleep. The Word of God tells us and shows us the reality that we are living in. We're living in a battlefield. We're living in a battlefield. You can't lock up demons. You can't cut off devils. They will come back again either as arthritis or again as di- what's that? diabetes, again as migraine. Devils can come and attack and debilitate the human body through different means. So don't be so naive. Say to the person next to you, don't be so naive. How be it when the spirit of reality, the spirit of truth is come, he will lead and guide you into all truth, into all reality. Notice the description of the Holy Spirit. He is God, but he shall not speak of himself. He is selfless. He is selfless. Whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak. So he's the channel. He's the channel. Remember last Sunday, I told you, we have an account in heaven. The Holy Spirit is the channel by which we can draw from heaven. So the Holy Spirit is the channel. Whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak, and he will show you things to come. Say with me, speak, hear, show. One more time. Hear, speak, show. One more time. Hear, speak, show. Three very important functions of the Holy Spirit. If you would live with him. Because he hears, you also hear. Because he speaks, you also speak. Because he shows, you also show. Because he's in you. He's in you. Amen. And that's how I practice to live. For he shall not speak of himself. He's not self-seeking. Whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak. And he will show you things to come. The Holy Spirit affirms every one of us positively. The Holy Spirit affirms us. He's the reality. He's the faith. He's the hope that never fails. When you live with the Holy Spirit, you never fail. When you live with the Holy Spirit, you never fail. When I say fail, I'm talking about failing in the sight of God, not in the sight of men. Men may think that you are a failure, but in God's eye, you are a success. And that's what matters most. Can we say amen? So how do we rule in the midst of our enemies? Number one, write it down if you will. Identify your enemies. Identify your enemies. Very important. 2 Corinthians chapter 10 verse 3. 2 Corinthians chapter 10 verse 3. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. We do not war after the flesh. Go to verse, did I say verse 3 or verse 4? For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. So that means you don't fight yourself, number one. Number two, you don't fight your neighbor. That includes your spouse and each other. It's very, very important that you stay focused where? On the ram of the spirit. Focused. You know, how did Samson lose his battle? How did Samson lose his battle? How come they were able to take Samson and pluck down his eyes and attach him to the, what's that called? The meal. Why? 
because he had formed a soul tie with Delilah. He had formed a soul tie with Delilah. Now understand that the devils always are attractive. Demons always look so good, so enticing, so attractive. And then what happened? Delilah kept pasturing him, speaking to him, pasturing him, speaking to him, pasturing him, and speaking to him until he was gay. And then what did he do? He said, okay, I'll tell you. That's what devils want to do. They'll talk to you and talk to you and torment you and torment you and torment you until they get you out of the spiritual focus into your soul and they can attack you. The bonding between Samson and Delilah was in the soul. So cut off any soul ties. Stay spiritual. Identify your enemies. Your enemy is definitely not your spouse. Definitely not your children. Definitely not anybody that you know. Not any human being. Your enemy is the devil. And he only is your enemy and my enemy. Can we say amen? So our enemies is a team of demons. A team of demons. We have to understand the difference between conviction and condemnation. The Holy Spirit convicts. The conviction of the Holy Spirit brings sanctification. The conviction of the Holy Spirit brings sanctification and brings promotion in the Spirit. Sanctification and promotion. You want to do better. You love holiness. You want to walk closer to the Lord. But demons of accusation, they seek to confuse. And demons of condemnation work to belittle and to destroy. Destroying your in Christ reality. Destroying your assignments from the Lord. And destroying your calling. So it's very important that we differentiate between conviction and accusation and condemnation. Not only as a receiver, but also as a giver. So we don't talk to accuse. We don't talk to condemn. We don't talk to belittle. We don't talk to put down. And if you have repent right now, Because you might have already done a lot of damage to your spouse. A lot of damage to your family members. Because demons not only attack those who are listening to those words of devils. They attack those that are in the area as well. How many of you know what I'm talking about? Amen. So don't allow the devil to use our tongue. Amen? It's a training that every one of us has to get into. Amen. So say to your neighbor, stay sweet. Amen. Amen. So when you're under attack or when you're attacking somebody, listen to the voice that's in your mind. Listen to the voice that's in your mind, in your soul. Listen to the nature of that voice, the tone of that voice, the spirit of that voice. Who is talking? When I say who is talking, you need to differentiate, is it the Holy Ghost talking or the devil talking? Understand that demons, they have to talk through somebody. They're always seeking a channel. So you have to listen to the voice in your head. So for example, in your head, you're saying, I can't put up with him. Who's talking? Come on, tell me. The devil. If your head is saying, 
I can't stand him who is talking. The devil. And don't, don't simplify demons. They have a goal. They have a purpose. They have a target. What did Jesus say? The devils come to steal, kill, destroy. Those are very strong and violent words. Okay? To destroy somebody's mind is terrible. To destroy somebody's self-image is terrible. It's violent. So that's what devils seek to do. And that's why the word of God says, Rue thou in the midst of your enemies. Protect yourself and protect the people around you. Amen. Look at Revelation chapter 12, who's, uh, verse 10. Revelation chapter 12, verse 10. Revelation chapter 12, verse 10. I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, now is come salvation and strength and the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ. Now, I want you to see the first half of that scripture. A loud voice saying in heaven, the Holy Spirit, the angels of God, now is come salvation and strength and the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ. Can you sense the atmosphere? Immediately, it brightens up. Immediately, your spirit is lifted up, right? For the accuser of our brethren is cast down, which accused them before our God day and night. That's Delilah. That's what she did to Samson. Can you see the difference? Can you see the contrast? Can you do that now? Can you see the contrast? The devil works in the soul. It has a voice. The devil's voice is soulish and devilish. It's vindictive, hurtful, sorrowful, defensive, accusing, hostile, aggressive, even violent. If the devil says, there's no hope in my son, there's no hope in my daughter, that's the devil. Let me ask you an honest question. Will the Holy Ghost ever talk to you and say, there is no hope in your son? No, absolutely no. Absolutely no. The Holy Spirit, his voice is the voice of faith. His voice is the voice of faith. His voice always Lifts up, lifts up. Come on, say to the person next to you, lift up, lift up. Even when he's correcting you, you love to be corrected because you are being lifted up. Isn't that true? Amen, amen, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. The voice that puts you down, the voice that confuses you, the voice that creates strife in your life, it's the voice of the devil. The Bible calls it the flaming dart of the wicked. I know what it means. I've experienced that dart. You know, the devil will just aim at you, target at you, and, and then you, oh, what happened? What happened? It's like right with those words, the dart came to you, and your spirit is injured and your soul rises up and tries to take control over you because that's how the enemy can attack the righteous. Demons suck the spiritual energy out of a Christian. They are like vampires, literally. <laughs> they put their teeth in you and suck the blood, the spiritual energy out of you, demoting you in your spiritual dominion over demons. They attack you. It's not because you're of any good to them. They attack you so that you can't attack them, so that you are not a threat over them, so that you can have no dominion over them. Do you understand that? Because every born-again child of God, especially the Pentecostal Christians, you are a threat to the devil. Please know that. And that's why they study you. 
They study your heart. So they know how to attack you. They want to demote you. But the, here is the key. The Holy Spirit always makes things simple for you. Promoting you in the simplicity of faith. The devil is complicated. The Holy Spirit is simple. Say to the person next to you, the devil is complicated. The Holy Spirit is simple. It's so true. So whenever you see yourself and you hear yourself, you know, or feeling within yourself, you're reasoning and you're reasoning, you're thinking, you're reasoning, and you're talking and you're reasoning, guess who's talking to you? The devil. That's the devil. Okay? It's, it's easy to discern. So how do we defeat demons? How do we rule in the midst of our enemies? I've given you point number one. Point number two, separating the person from the devils. Separating the person from the devils. Remember, it's not you, it's not your spouse, it's not your children, it's not the people around you. They are called devils. They are the ones that you fight. Separating myself from the devil is so, so, so important. It's just like sickness. You have to separate yourself from the devil in order that you can speak to the sickness that is attacking you. It's so important. Amen. It's so important. So like the other day, my, my, my belly was hurting, you know, after the sermon. Remember, I preached a sermon. They said, if you have a problem, go to the loo. You know, the Lord will take care and flush all the devils out of you, you know, and clean stuff. And I had that at home at night <laughs> when I was sleeping, you know, after I've had my uh, Pfizer jab and after I've had my instant noodles <laughs> and I was sleeping and I said to Sonny, oh, please, please help me. My belly was hurting so bad, so bad. If I were not a Christian, I would have gone to the emergency. I was hurting so bad. I was very careful. I wouldn't call my son because he would tell me, go. <laughs> So I was hurting so bad. I said, Lord, help me. And Stanley said, remember the sermon that you preached? Just go to the toilet. <laughs> Thank God for my husband. Praise the Lord. I said, in Jesus' name, I bind you, devil. Get out. Get out. And I said to my, to my bowels, pass, pass out all that is unclean. Pass out. I said, Lord, make me to go to the toilet, please. I need to go to the toilet. <laughs> and I did a few times. <laughs> And then I said, Lord, please help me to fall asleep. Fall asleep, and when I wake up, everything will be fine. You know, it's like a nightmare. Praise the Lord. I did, and I woke up. The pain that's in my arm from the jab left, and everything in my belly, all the pain left. And the chest that I was feel, feeling so tight and oppressive also left. Amen. Isn't God good? Hallelujah. He will confirm the word with signs following. Amen. Praise the Lord. God is true. God is real. So I separated my body, I separated myself from the devils. So it's very, very important that you separate yourself from the devil. So let's say, for example, let's say if somebody comes to you and say, you are so, so stupid. What do you do? Separate the stupidity from yourself. Amen. Amen. <laughs> yes, it's stupidity, but it's not me. <laughs> do you understand what I'm saying? Amen. Do you understand what I'm saying? Like even an alcoholic, you have to separate you know, your uh, addiction to alcohol from yourself. So the addiction to alcohol is a devil. You are yourself. You separate that by the blood of the lamb. Amen. And you claim back your territory. You get back your territory. You get back your dominion over yourself. Can we say Amen. Hallelujah. And you bind the devil. You don't bind yourself. You bind the devil. How many of you know what I'm talking about? Amen. It's so, so important. So separating the person from the demons. How do we do that? Righteousness. Righteousness must be intact. Amen. It's so important. How did we get into righteousness? Come on, tell me, church. Are you sure that you're righteous? 
Are you sure that you're righteous? How come you can be sure that you're righteous? How did it come about? By believing in Jesus Christ. Righteousness comes by faith. Faith in the Lamb of God. Faith in Jesus as my Savior. Are you strong in that? Come on, everybody, answer me. Are you strong in that God-given righteousness? Come on, louder. Are you strong in that God-given righteousness? Are you strong in that? Yes. It has to be an affirmative. It's so important that you stay strong in that. Very important. So, when that is all clear, there's no accusation, no blame, and no shame. No defense and no attack. No retaliation and no hostility. Because you are strong in your God-given righteousness. How many of you have got that? You're not in that defense and attack mode. It's very important. And then you start to pray for one another. Nobody is better than anybody. Nobody is higher than anybody. Amen. And I know that I'm in Australia now, but it used to be like in Hong Kong and in other Asian countries, the males, you know, they are so, so high up. It's because he's a man. So whatever he says is right. But the women in this country, they won't allow that. And in the kingdom of the Lord Jesus Christ, the Bible says it very clearly in the spirit, there is neither male nor female. I remember, that's when I remember Burley. I remember when I first started in the ministry, you know, you don't just cover the pulpit. You just start anywhere God wants you to. So I was starting to, um, you know, to teach. I was sharing the the word of God and I was invited to go to a Christian bookstore that is in the city. And uh, the bookstore is not there anymore. I think it's on Elizabeth Street. And that's where I met Billy. And I was started, you know, I started to teach. I started to teach the word of God and different people came in. And I remember one day there was this man. This man. He came into the Bible study. Because I've had already students there, people there studying the word with me. And then he came in and then he pointed at me. He said, you are a woman. You're not allowed to teach the word. I said, excuse me, (laughs) you're not the owner of this shop and uh, neither are you welcome in this group. If you don't accept me as a woman, I'm happy for you to leave. I was standing up, but on the inside of me, I was shivering, you know. <laughs> but I, <laughs> I stood up so strong against that chauvinistic spirit. Amen. If God is for me, who can be against me? Amen. Look at Deborah in the Bible. Look at all those women that minister, even in the Old Testament. Can we say amen? In the spirit, there is neither male nor female. It's very important. We understand that. So separating the person from the demons. Pray for one another. Believe that God is working in me and working in you. And that keeps things simple. And that gets rid of the strife, the accusations. Don't ever try to change anybody. And don't ever think that you can do a better job. You know, it's so easy for the wife to think, I would be a better husband if I were the husband. (laughs) I would be a better wife if I were the wife. (laughs) Don't ever think that you can do a better job than somebody else. Just stick to your assignment. Can we say amen? Amen. And keep it simple. Pray for one another. Can we say amen? Simple. Amen. The simplicity of faith. Just keep things simple. Amen. The simple version of the Bible. Amen. And when you do that, what happens? Grace comes. Grace comes. When grace comes, I've experienced this myself. As soon as the grace comes, the darkness lifted and the clarity comes and the direction comes. It's so true. How do I know that I'm under attack when I cannot see beyond myself? It's all dark out there. 
I can't see it beyond myself. I can't pray. I can't think. Can't do anything. The thing is that if you allow that to accumulate, it will accumulate and you lose it all together. So when grace comes, as soon as you start thinking grace, as soon as you start practicing grace, clarity comes. Because grace is the Holy Spirit. Clarity comes. Direction comes. Spirituality comes. Can we say amen? Identify, number point number three, right? Number three. Identify the area of spiritual attack. Identify the area where the devils are attacking you. Now, please know that the attack is in the soul. In your, what's the soul? Come and tell me. Will, mind, and emotions. I thought I've got this all in you already. Okay, tell me one more time. What's the soul? My, a will, mind, emotions. One more time. What's the soul? Will, mind, emotions. Amen. So the devil attacks the soul to weaken the mind. To weaken, to weaken the mind. To torment the mind so you can't think straight. The devil attacks the soul to shake the wheel so that you lose your power to make decisions. Attacking the wheel of the father in you. And number three, attacking the emotions to stir up storms in your feelings. And your emotions are all negative, negative, dark, dark, negative, exaggerated. Problems become overwhelming. That's how demons attack. So there are devils that are aggressive, aggressive demons. All right. So I've categorized them for you to understand. Because the Bible talks about don't be ignorant of the devil's tactics and how you overcome them is you need to know how they attack and you can overcome them. So aggressive demons, there are sexual devils. There are devils of ambitions. There are devils of financial lust. So the area of sex, the area of ambition, the area of money. And those aggressive demons, they will drive you so that you are lusting, lusting for self-gratification, lusting for self-righteousness, lusting for recognition and self-glorification. Now, remember, I'm not talking about you. Say to the person next to you, she's not talking about you. <laughs> she's talking about demons. <laughs> Come on, tell, tell them. Come on, tell them. She's not talking about you. She's talking about devils, all right? <laughs> so Isaiah 64 verse 6 tells us very clearly that our self-righteousness are like filthy rags. So you don't want self-righteousness. You want your God-given righteousness. Isn't that right? Isn't that true? Amen. So, so very important. Okay. So let's go to Isaiah 64 verse 6. But we are all as an unclean thing. And all our righteousness are as filthy rags. So when you read the scripture, what do you do? You inject that wisdom into your spirit. Inject that wisdom into your spirit. For example, if you're in a fight, like you and your husband fighting, and you think that you're so right, and he thinks that he's so right. So this scripture, you use it against the devil. You say, no, I'm not fighting for my self-righteousness. I don't want self-righteousness. They are filthy wrecks. Get out, devil. Get out in the name of Jesus. We have already been given the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Amen. So what do you do? You put down demons and you lift up God on the inside of you. Amen. So you are not the two of you fighting. You are the two of you fighting together the devil. Can we say amen? amen. Hallelujah. So speak this, the reality, the truth to your soul, to rebuke the devil, to declare your righteousness that's been given to you as a free gift from God. Can we say amen? The second category of demons, covetousness, competitiveness, 
jealousy, comparisons, measuring myself by human standard, measuring each other by human standard in the eyes of men. That's the devil that's attacking you. Amen. Get that? How many of you know that there is inferiority that tells you you're not good enough or you're not as pretty, you're not as tall, you're not as intelligent, or you don't have as much money? How many of you have heard that voice? Come on, be honest. Yes. So that's inferiority. That's the other voice, which is superiority. I am more spiritual. I know more. I'm clever. I have a higher position. How many of you have heard that? Deep on the inside of you that you won't tell anybody. (laughs) That is superiority. And how many of you know that superiority and inferiority, they come from the same root, which is self. Okay? The same root. Self. That's where the devils attack. The third kind of demons, they seek to control, to exploit, and to manipulate. How many of you, like, maybe after you've done a craft or you've cleaned up a room, you feel so good that I've done something, you know? I've had power over my room and I've cleaned it. It's the same way, like when we tell somebody to do something and they obey you, you feel so good. It's the sense of control, you know. Don't involve me if I can't do anything about it. You know, you like to be able to take control and do something. But that's not a right spirit. God does not want us to control one another. God does not want us to tell each other what to do. That's why just now I said, don't think that you can do a better job than someone else. Just stick to your own job. Can we say amen? Let's look at Matthew. Let's look at the word of God and inject, you know, God's wisdom into this. Matthew chapter 23 verse 11. Matthew 23 verse 11. He that is greatest among you shall be your servant. Whosoever shall exalt himself shall be abased, and he that shall humble himself shall be exalted. Now, can I talk to you? Is that okay? For example, in the house, let's say, um, let's say your uh, husband is away, okay? Your husband is away, and you're in the house, and And uh, you just want to please him and you want to do a good job. So I clean up my house. This happened to me a lot when Sonny was working overseas. The house was a mess. Sonny's coming in one week's time. Clean up the house. (laughs) So I started cleaning, cleaning, cleaning. Sonny's coming home. You know, I remember in those days when Trisha was at home with me. Dad's coming home. Come on, clean, (laughs) clean. Not because he said anything, but because we wanted to please him, right? So, so, but my attitude was wrong. My attitude was, oh, now we've cleaned up for you. You should be very good to me. <laughs> That's being controlling. That's being manipulative. I repented a long time ago. <laughs> Can we say amen? Amen. So a true servant in the heart, okay? And whosoever shall exalt himself shall be abased, and he that shall humble himself shall be exalted. Now remember, when Jesus said that, Jesus did not say that to belittle us. Jesus did not say that to condemn us. Remember, the word of God is creative. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. So God's word is creative. So whenever you speak the word of God over yourself, you speak the word of God over a situation, you release the power to create the situation and to create that part of you to be what God wants you to be. Can we say amen? Amen. So, so important. So, so important. Amen. 
Amen. What about positions and achievements? Isn't it good that I want to go up higher, that I want promotion, I want achievement? Go to Psalm 75. Psalm 75, verse 6 to 7. Psalm 75, verse 6 to 7. For promotion comes neither from the east, nor from the west, nor from the tr- nor from the south, but God is the judge. So where's promotion? Where does it come from? The Lord. Say to the person next to you, promotion comes from the Lord. Very important that we know that. You know, how come I'm not like Benny Hinn, Lord? I prayed. I prayed very hard. How come I'm not like Benny Hinn? Promotion comes from the Lord. And we have different positions. We have different callings. We have different assignments. Every part is needed. Can we say amen? Amen. And by the way, can I advise you? I mean, I repented. I did this myself as well. Don't talk bad about any of God's servants, including Benny Hinn. I know the internet is full of, you know, you know things that are about him and negatively. It's God who raised up his servants. He had led so many people to the Lord. He had done so much healing, so much good. Who am I to talk bad about him? Amen. And talking bad about God's servants is not good for you. Can we say amen? A critical spirit is a prideful spirit. It's like thinking you can do a better job. No, I don't think I can do a better job than Benny Hinn. I don't think I can preach better than Benny Hinn. No. I don't think I can conduct a service better than Benny Hinn. No. Can we say amen? Amen. So the next category of demons, they are passive aggressive demons. Passive aggressive demons, they specialize in rejection, dejection, self-pity, self-abandonment, victimization, putting a religious crutch underneath your arms. Don't ever think like that. Whenever you're in self-pity, rebuke the devil. Whenever you feel that you are rejected, dejected, rebuke the devil. Amen. And whenever you think that you can't do anything, rebuke the devil and inject the word of God that says, I can do all things through Christ, which strengthens me. Whenever you feel that you're not as good as anybody else, you can't pray as good as anybody anybody else, say, I'm a child of God. The Holy Spirit lives on the inside of me. Hallelujah. There is no mountain too high for me to climb. Can we say amen? Hallelujah. Amen. Especially for those of us that are maturing or aging or getting closer to heaven. (laughs) You know, don't let the younger ones say to you, oh, you're old. You're old. You're old. What do you mean I'm old? I'm not old. I'm mature. I've accumulated a lot of experiences. (laughs) I'm reaching closer and closer to heaven. If I were not raptured, I would go. Praise the Lord. Amen. Can we say amen? And what do you mean by, oh, what's the name of God? He's called the Ancient of Days. (laughs) Amen. Are you the Ancient of Days yet? Not yet. (laughs) I don't think so. (laughs) You're not even close to Moses' age, which is 120. Amen. Hallelujah. Say to the person next to you, I'm vibrant. Energetic, powerful, a lot to do for God. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. So demonic voices are overwhelming and deceptive, enticing, corrupting, defiling, and entangling. Write it down for yourself so you know. So finally, I just want to finish quickly. Demons attack the soul, attack the body with sickness and disease. Demons also attack your spirit. Attack your spirit by getting you to deny your faith. Getting Judas Iscariot to betray Jesus. All right? So don't, don't allow him any. Don't give him. The Bible says don't give him a footstool. Don't give him a foothold. Amen. Can I have Matthew chapter 4 verse 10? A very powerful scripture. That's when Jesus was tempted. Now, the temptation of Jesus was very real. It's more real than us being tempted by a chocolate cake. <laughs> the temptation of Jesus is very real. What did Jesus say? How did, he, how did he win in the midst of his enemies? 
you shall worship the Lord your God and him only. Say with me, only. One more time, only. One more time, only. Shall you serve. Very important. Must identify. In the house, you serve Jesus. With your spouse, you serve Jesus. With your children, you serve Jesus. In the church, you serve Jesus. Living in Australia, you serve Jesus. Amen. And go with me to Mark chapter 13, verse 11. This is very, very important. I need to inject that in you. Mark chapter 13, verse 11, the last part. For it is not you that speak, but the Holy Ghost. How many of you would like that for yourself? Amen. So don't talk rubbish. It's not you that speak, but the Holy Ghost. So the place of victory is the place of selflessness. What is the self? The soul. The self is the soul. Your spirit is in union with God. The soul is that part of you that you must work out your salvation with fear and trembling. Amen. Let me finish with this. What is the purpose or the target of, of demonic attacks? The purpose or the target of demonic attacks? Number one, to destroy the believer, the person. Number two, to destroy your relationships. It can be your marriage, your family, your church. Number three, destroy your career or your calling. It can be a student who is doing his college, but he couldn't focus. He was all the time distracted. It could be um, somebody who is working, but he's always sick. He can't continue to work. It could be your calling. God has called you, but you've lost your confidence and you can hold anything together. So that's the target of the devil. And number three, to take away the power that is in you as a believer. To weaken your soul and your spirit so that you produce no power as a Christian. But then you become entangled and depleted. What the attacks, what the devil's attacks want to do to your past and your present and your future. Destroying all that you've done. Destroying all that you've done or built in the past. I know that there are pastors that are no longer pastors now because they couldn't stand the attacks. Church closed up, closed down. So the devil wants to destroy all that you've done or all that you've built in the past. Ruin your good name. Destroy your good record. Confuse what you're doing in the present. There's no clarity and no direction in you anymore leading you from the Lord. That's what the devil wants to do and give you a future that is uncertain and dark. But don't let the devil do it to you. Can we say amen? Let's finish with these three scriptures. Psalm 110 verse 2. Let's read that together with me. The last line. Rule thou in the midst of your enemies. One more time. Rule thou in the midst of your enemies. Husband and wife, don't fight one another. The word of God says that you are joint heir of the grace of life. When you fight one another, you lose the grace of life. And that's why you're having it so hard. It's good to talk. But don't talk rubbish. Don't talk to attack one another. <laughs> when, you talk, when you're talking, make up your mind to be sweet. Have a sweet tongue. Say to the person next to you, have a sweet tongue, please. Sweet and gentle. Amen. Love never fails. Never fails. Amen. Let's go to James chapter 4, verse 7. Let's read this together. One, two, three. Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Amen. Don't be afraid of demons. Don't be afraid. I'm under attack. I'm under attack. What can I do? Oh, we're under attack. What can I do? Get rid of the devils. Amen. Amen. Let's go to 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14. 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14. Read this together. One, two, three. Now thanks be unto God, 
who always causes us to triumph in Christ and makes manifest the fragrance of his knowledge by us in every place. Say to the person next to you, you are a powerful Christian. One more time, you are a powerful Christian. I love you. Come on, say to the person in front of you, behind you, I love you. We are together in this. Come on, look to the person behind you. I love you. We are together in this. We are together in this. Amen. Glory be to God. Give the Lord a big hand of praise. Amen. Amen. Can I ask you to stand together with me? Amen. Amen. Do you think that God is good? All the time. Shall we worship him? Can we have the musicians on stage, please? And singers, of course. Let's worship the Lord.